It's the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning, and good morning to you. It's 503-228-4101. Greetings and salutations here. We are in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. If you would like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, whatever it is you might have. Thoughts on the impending zombie apocalypse? It is 503-228-4101. We are here alongside Sarah X. Dillon and Tim Riley. You can also email us... How's that talking going for you? It's not so well. <laughs> you can also email us if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Hello, I'm a professional broadcaster. Uh, it's sarah at kufo.com, tim at kufo.com, or nibbler at kufo.com. Coming up today, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer will join us from uh, Atlanta. Steve Gastenbaum from uh, New York City. We have a pair of Anthony Bourdain tickets that they'll be giving uh, away today. He's going to be coming to the Keller on May 29th. And uh, we also have a pair of tickets to see uh, Las Vegas lounge singer Richard Cheese, who is going to be at Dante Saturday, May 9th. Uh, so that is all in the way. Brittany Watch coming up today. And uh, yesterday's top five today. So we had scheduled this for yesterday, and then it didn't happen so much as it totally failed to happen. Uh, we'll be doing yesterday's top five, which is the uh, top five songs that are under two minutes in length. And that is uh, coming up today. This is normally the section of the show where I talk about what I did last night. But what I did last night was to go home, walk into the house, shut the door, lock the door, sit on the couch, and then remain there more or less stationary like a, a lump of human-shaped cheese until around 10.30 when I went to bed. That was more or less the extent of my evening. Sarah? Did you eat another half gallon of ice cream? I didn't because it was gone. That's the only reason I okay. didn't. Because, here, although I, did, I will tell you this, that I, I did that thing last night of, and I know it's been like three days in a row of me talking about ice cream now, but... Because I've just been eating it sort of in sections. And so typically when there's just a little bit of bad food left, what I'll do is I'll just finish it off. Because then you figure it's like having half a piece of pizza left. Because if that remains in the fridge, I either have to finish it right then no matter how full I already am. Like even if I'm already at the point of bloating where I feel all like Mr. Creosote for the meaning of life, I will force myself to finish the last half of a piece of pizza because otherwise the next day will come and you'll... Be hungry, and you'll go, and you'll reheat it, and you'll have it, and then you will realize that half a pizza pizza is just unsatisfying, and all it does is whet your appetite, and then you become sort of angered about the whole thing, like disproportionately frustrated. So I'll either throw it away, or I'll force myself to consume it, which I didn't do with the ice cream. So last night, I go, and I'm you know the rummaging around in the fridge trying to find something with which to pollute uh, my uh, body, and I see the remaining, I don't know, it's like maybe a scoop and a half. And I decided that it's, you know, like it's too much to throw away, but it's too little to to really be like uh, some sort of gratifying excursion into junk fooddom. So instead, I just take the ice cream and I put it in a bowl, and then I go to a cupboard, and I find this big thing of chocolate chips that my wife had purchased to, to cook with at some point, the bacon to something. And so I just take like three handfuls of those, and I just put them in the bowl with the ice cream, and I decide that once it's gotten up to the 16,000 calorie level, then I can consume it. Then and only then. Will it meet all of my caloric needs? Okay. There you go. That's the life of Rick Emerson. All right. Well, see, there you go. So we can blow it up together. It was quite delicious. Well, actually, it was frozen yogurt. And then we can hold each other's hair when we vomit. And this is all true. So there you go. It is 503-228-4101. Brief announcement, by the way. We've been giving away tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. So the show is still happening, although it has been rescheduled from tonight until August 2nd. So that is not happening tonight. The Brett Michaels Show with the Roseland is rescheduled from tonight to August 2nd. Tickets that have been purchased for tonight's show uh, will be honored for the show on August 2nd. So we're going to have details on that. So you can be watching KUFO.com or you can go to BrettMichaels.com to find out more about that. So tonight's Brett Michaels Show will be happening, but it has been rescheduled to August 
second. Maybe they're practicing some new songs. That's right, Tim. He's uh, working on a 15-part rock operetta that he's uh, going to be bringing to town. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So the Portland Police Bureau is defending its handling of the weekend crash involving Mayor Adams. They said he did not get preferential treatment. Meanwhile, two other witnesses have come forward saying they got close to the mayor, too, and they didn't smell any booze on his breath. How is it that all these witnesses would be around Sam Adams? I mean, it doesn't seem... Well, these are the other drivers of the cars. Okay, there there were two the... other drivers involved. So these are the people he hit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salem Dad has been arrested for using a dog's shock collar on his young children. They used to train dogs, but a Salem father is accused of using them to torture his four kids. Well, that's in Salem. Say, uh, who wants to go out for uh, burgers with the uh, president and Joe Biden? Yes? No? Is that a rhetorical Me. question? I'm sorry. Yes. It, it's classroom participation. I couldn't tell if that was an ellipsis or a question mark right there. That's, it, it's uh, both. Wait, hold on. Do that Do that again, and then I'll respond Who wants properly. to go out for burgers with the president and Joe Biden? Hey, Tim, I know. I sure do. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have a, uh, just a your basic cheddar cheeseburger, medium well. Uh, Joe, what will you have? I have a Swiss cheeseburger, jalapeno pepper. And you put ketchup on it, do we do that ourselves? I'll have an overdriven microphone that has no processing on it. Thank you very much. I've never put ketchup on my own burger before. Hey, how about burgers for all the reporters following us? How would you like those cooked? Uh, make them all medium because I don't know how they're I'll have one overprocessed soundbite with unnecessary flanging. Thank you. I am not a monster. The nation's first face transplant patient speaks out. I just want to say that when somebody has a... Uh, don't look as pretty as you do. Don't judge them because. Thank you. Words to live by. And she's, wow. Please don't sp- uh, stare at me and poke fun. You know, Pat here. She's my motivator. She's the one who got me to exercise and eat my greens and drink my water. And- There's still people laughing. Stop it. And by people, you mean people there in the room, Tim? People at the hospital. People at the and hospital. No one in this room was laughing. Employees. Wow, I uh, I don't I really honestly don't know how to uh, well how to respond to that. I did, I wasn't braced for that. I hadn't gird, girded myself mentally or uh, attitudinally for that. Well, she looks much played. better now than she used to. Here's anyway. the th- well, there's sort of three stages to that woman's face. Uh, there was the uh, before the injury face. There was the after the injury face, mm-hmm. and now there's the post transplant face. Yeah. Have you seen th- th- this? Was the woman at the Cleveland Clinic the the face transplant woman? No, but I'll look her up. Well, here's see she's not before you do that though you might want to you might want to give that a minute you might want to ponder that in your own head for two three four minutes before you decide to go looking at that i okay. give it, yourself it, a little bit of a cooling it, off it period. looks like when you when you take a rolling pin to some play-doh yes yes i would share that assessment it's 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 unnerving i'm sure the is. doctors aren't calling it that deeply disturbing all right it is the rick emerson show it's rock 101 kufo more straight ahead stay there Pick up the phone and call 1-800-344-KUFO. I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, coming up later on the day, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain when he comes to the Keller Auditorium on May 29th. Tickets on sale now, so that is coming up uh, later on in the show. Next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, and later on in the program, we'll have the top five songs under two minutes in length. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. The swine flew in you. 
Now there are 21 swine flu cases in Oregon, but now it's behaving like a typical flu outbreak. Sure, there are people dying, but they die every day. And the flu just makes it worse for them. But now they're not closing down schools the length they were, so those 21 will just have to learn to live with it. What do you take for the regular flu? Take it for the swine flu. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to file that alongside the avian flu and the mad cow disease. Yes, it's nothing to worry about. Uh, that man is accused of stealing golf carts near I-5 in Roseburg. What happened? Well, a truck that was pulling some golf carts along ran off the road, and the guy unloaded the golf carts to come back with a fresh truck to load them back up. Well, some ne'er-do-well loaded them up, took off with them. It wasn't too long before police caught, caught up with the guy that they found him under some tarp in the truck and arrested 61-year-old Burl Hayes and his gal, Sharman Stevens. Burl and Sharman. Burl and Sharman. Were they, they were stealing golf carts? Stealing golf carts. On their way to the VFW hall to have a cool one? It doesn't say what they were doing. All right. Do you remember the boys at Da Nang? So it was found, uh, a third one was found in a home in Glide. <laughs> okay. What are they going to do with a series of golf carts? I don't know. Just amuse themselves down in Roseburg. Well, you do have to make your own fun when you live in that city. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about legalizing the use of marijuana in the state of California. A recent poll came out uh, showing a majority of Californians support legalizing and taxing marijuana use, especially with the money problems the state is having. Is it time? No, I think that uh, it's not time for that, but I think it's time for debate. I think all of those uh, ideas of creating extra revenues, I'm always for an open debate on it. And I think that we ought to study very carefully on what other uh, countries are doing that have legalized marijuana and other drugs, what effect it had on those countries, and are they happy with that decision? Or like, for instance, in Austria, I've heard that they are unhappy with that. They want to roll back some of the decisions that were made in European countries. Uh, I've had dialogue with, with experts over there in my, uh, you know, where I was born. So I think that one ought to look at all that. And it could very well be that everyone is happy with the decision. And then we can look at that. And then if not... He has no idea what he's talking about. You can tell because he just keeps going and going and going. Very careful not to make mistakes at the same time. You've lived in America for 45 years. Lose your accent. No, it's too late. Once you get past 20, you can't lose your original accent. I don't think that's true. I think that's true. I think you're making that up. No. Because if that were the case, then Madonna would still speak as though they were, she were from Michigan, which she does not. By the way, just back on the golf cart there for a second. What Burl, is a Michigan accent? Well, it certainly doesn't sound like you're from Brixton. Uh, I'll tell you. I mean, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't sound like you're one of the Gallagher twins. So I oh, know no. It doesn't she, sound I like think that. she puts that on to oh. adopt more children. Really? Is that That's her child-adopting voice. <laughs> that, um, hello, I've just come to take one of your delightful sprites away to uh, a rolling home in the countryside. Give me your child now. Um, the <laughs> this, Madonna is sort of... Do you wonder if maybe in... Where is she adopting kids? Malawi? Or am I making that up? Is that a real place? Anyone? Yeah, yeah, Malawi? yeah. Malawi. That's where she got the, the first one. All right. Do you suppose in Malawi that they've already created some sort of an evil fairy tale about the scary white woman that comes to the house and steals children in the middle of the night? You know what I mean? Some sort of a, and then she comes in on the back of a large metal creature, and she steals children while they slumber, and her name is Madala. And then they draw, and then they have sort of depictions of her, like Hans Christian Andersen style, where she's got like big teeth and like wrinkly leather-like skin. But maybe, that's just reality. Maybe you I mean, use that's that voice in your new a book before bedtime. <laughs> That'll be my it Alistair. can run during a court and fat ball. My, uh, my, that'll be my new Alistair Cook uh, voice for when I, I launch that exciting books on tape career of mine. Hey, just back on the on the business of uh, of we should complete. Hold on, stop. All right, two things. One, 
We should completely create an urban legend right now that they that there is already now a scary bedtime story that they tell in Malawi about uh, Madonna coming to steal children while they sleep at night. Two, Burl and Charmin. Don't Burl and Charmin get you just know, without knowing anything else about them other than the fact that they were stealing golf carts. Allegedly. You know, to, to, be, uh, to be joyriding. Don't Burl and Charmin sound exactly like the type of couple that are tooling around the country in a Winnebago just trying to enjoy our retirement now that the kids have moved on. And it has a good Sam bumper sticker on the back. Exactly. Exactly. What is the good Sam club? I don't get it. It's for people who travel in those SUVs. It's the F- SUV lifestyle. But I mean, no, I mean, well, I know what it's old enough for. So it isn't like an insurance company or anything. No, I no, mean, no, I know no. what it is. I mean, I've seen the sticker because our ne- because our next door neighbors who had yes a Winnebago had a good Sam Club sticker, and it has like that weird fifties looking like cartoon drawing of a guy's face, and then he has a halo over him, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't really know what that does. The, the good Sam sticker on the back of a Winnebago, Winnebago, that is like that is the mobile uh, vehicular version of that neighborhood watch sticker that just shows like the shady guy in a trench coat and a fedora with the one like weird triangular eye. And it just is the neighborhood watch program in effect, which means, like, what? What is it? Is that, like, Gladys Kravitz is going to be peering out of her windows as a guy is stripping your car down to its chassis? I, mean, I don't understand what any of those stickers are really for. I say to a large I've room lived... of assembled silent No, I, I've never lived in a place that has neighborhood watch. All right. I didn't grow up in the classiest of neighborhoods. No. Oh, I, well. Moving on, here's <laughs> Tim Riley at the news desk. Well, Michiganers trying to get by are selling their hair and body parts. Uh, little did Heidi know that she could make a thousand dollars for selling her long, luxurious brunette locks. Her attitude was, "Break up the scissors. Most of it's going into my bank account. It's a lot of money. You got to do what you got to do in Michigan." To whom are you selling your hair? Not you personally, Tim, but I mean, there, there are traveling hair hair salesmen who uh, come around and give people money for this in Michigan. Well, we don't live there, so wait. No, no, no. I demand further clarification <laughs> on this. I don't understand. To whom? What do you mean she's selling her hair for $1,000? It doesn't make any sense. She's selling her hair. As Michigan's economy continues to suffer, people are offering themselves up as medical guinea pigs for a quick buck to make ends meet. Many are selling plasma, others their hair, for hundreds of dollars on the Internet. So I guess you can sell your hair on the Internet. Sarah, now you've sounds like you're getting a bustling side career that you could be doing over there. <laughs> I am Googling how to sell my hair right Sarah, now. Sarah, would you like to make an extra $100 a month in just a few hours without leaving your home? Sell your hair. Would you like to sell your hair on the internet? We should sell see. your hair is the creepiest phrase. Where do I sell my hair in the U.S.? But you can't sell, but I mean, but I have it, but that's it. I have a sincere question about that. Would you can't sell it online? Well, she said, I like it. I said, oh boy, I feel selfish. But $1,000 sounds too good. But, I mean, you can't sell your hair on... This is exactly uh, why the site was created, says Jacqueline Elise, who encouraged a friend, a single mother, to sell her hair nearly three years ago to help with the finances. I'd like to buy the, the hair of a... site has seen a more than 40% increase. So this is a, a sell-your-hair website. I'd like to buy the hair of a it's single mother. It's called thehairtrader.com. Go there now. Thehairtrader. Thehairtrader.com. Because you can't sell it on eBay. They won't allow you, they won't allow you to sell bodily. Well, this is exclusively for hair. Thehairtrader.com. So, oh, that's weird. All right, let's see here. Because, I mean, really, because the only people you ever hear, like, when you get people get their hair cut off, mm-hmm. that they're that they're giving it to, like, those, uh, to, like, the cancer Like the kids. locks of love. And they don't have any money. Or you just give it away at the barbershop and you sweep it into a bin. Just, like, sweeping up gold, Tim. It is. Oh, I just right. looked at this, and the first girl I oh my on, God. she's in Roseburg, Oregon. Look at this. Who's that, Cousin It? No, no, no. Listen to this. I'm, I'm reading this directly at the side. This is the hair trader. Mm-hmm. The hair trader. Okay, this is what the copy says. 
Sell your hair with the world's largest independent hair sales site. You have come to the right place. This is like so it's the, a Cadillac of hair sites. There are other imitators. This is like the this is like the follicular equivalent of the knife guy. If you would like to sell your hair to somebody in, you will not believe how little this hair can be purchased for. Oh, this is creepy. All right. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess we'll continue. We'll with continue this. with this. Aren't you glad you came to work today? Yes, I've known about the hair website. What do you mean today, Tim? I'm always glad to be here. I know you are. All right. What were you implying just now? No, I'm. I'm just asking. Aren't you glad you came to work today? Well, to learn that, all these great things. If that is indeed your question, then the answer is yes. Mr. I mean, Riley. digging ditches, it wouldn't be as fun. No, it wouldn't, Tim. No, it wouldn't. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, giving you all the day's information on, well, I was going to do a hair-selling show. I can't talk today. My tongue and my teeth and the rest of my uh, head are not all working in conjunction. There is no function. Blah, 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 junction, function, whatever. That's a schoolhouse rock reference. Anyway, you'll put it together later, and it's going to be fantastic. We've got Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta coming up later on. Also, talk to Steve Kastenbaum in New York City. We'll have today's top five, top five songs under two minutes in length, and more with Tim Riley. This is The Rick Emerson Show at Rock 101 KUFO. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, Wednesday morning, and good morning to you. So I'm looking at this hairtrader.com site. The most intriguing listing here is when it says that they are selling, quote, 20 inches of virgin hair, which, and I don't know if that means <laughs> well, that, that the must, hair... That might be big in Michigan right now. <laughs> but I mean, is that is that the hair, the hair of a virgin <laughs> itself, like that it hasn't been used for something? Like she, like she, no, virgin hair is like when you haven't dyed it or when you don't process it or blow dry it. It so probably comes with the paperwork that's suitable for framing. That's what I mean. Is there somebody who is, is sort of verifies that? Like, is there somebody 100 who has to, virgin hair? Somebody who has to sign off on the quality of the hair. So that means that she hasn't been she hasn't been processing it or hasn't been made she like weaved it into a rug or something. That's to say, your hair isn't like mine, where I've dyed it like seven hundred times. Hey, I'm going to click on the hot new hair section here while we're uh, talking to uh, Amanda Moyer. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, home of the world's tallest escalator, former home of the Sid and Marty Croft Supercenter, Amanda Moyer. Hello, how are you today? Good morning, I'm well. How are you today? I'm a little disturbed since finding out that there's this website now where you can sell your hair. Is this based in Michigan, Tim? The actual site itself? I'm not sure. Um, Amanda Moyer, have you ever been to uh, thehairtrader.com? No, I have not. I, it really, at, at the, uh, the first moment in your uh, day where you have some time, I would encourage you to go there. It is T-H-E-H-A-I-R-T-R-A-D-E-R, -E -E oh, the hair are, trader. They are com. from Metro Detroit. So, so they are Michigan natives selling Michigan hair. So it is just, it's a place where people are buying and selling each other's hair, and I'm not making this up. And, it, and I don't mean that like, it, and it's it, like it's some sort of weird, like back alley kind of strange fetish site. I mean, it might be, but I mean, it does appear to be a very like a legitimate business, but it's just for people cutting off their hair and then selling it to other folks on the Internet, which is, I guess, kind of great and Nothing creepy wrong with that. all at once. No, Tim, it's American ingenuity. It's capitalism in action. Yeah, so. I've heard of people donating hair to those, like, you know, like cancer victims or whatnot, but I've never heard of people buying it. Well, maybe they just decided it's a valuable commodity, and like anything else in the society, if one could obtain a, if one could obtain a dollar for it, why not? It's All a right. new hard currency of Michigan. <laughs> can I can I pay for these groceries with my hair? That'd be great. Hold on a second. I got me some shears in the car. You give me one. Give me one moment. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amanda. I don't mean to treat this segment with anything less than the utmost seriousness. Let's talk about swine flu. Okay. Um, hey, so uh, are we going to file swine flu alongside other animal things like uh, bird flu and, and mad cow and stuff that we thought was going to kill us that in reality isn't, isn't, isn't really going to have that big of an impact? I mean, it's 
Like it's proven somewhat dangerous, but no more so than, than, I, than the average flu, right? Right, and that's, that's what officials are saying, that this virus, they thought it was worse in the beginning, but it appears no more dangerous than regular seasonal flu. Although I should say that seasonal flu kills about 36,000 Americans each year. So that is a pretty big number, but uh, they don't think it's going to be any worse than that. They do expect more deaths. They do expect more confirmed cases, but it's not something that's going to take out everyone. I just um, I, I just was thinking about something the other day that we had, I don't know, that they sort of ratcheted up into some massive sort of a, a panic stage. And now I can't even remember what it was because it ended up being, you know, not, not a huge deal. So the question is, is it not a big deal because they took all these steps right out of the gate to sort of limit it and to, to quarantine people and to, you know, to sort of minimize the exposure? Or was it probably not a big deal at all? And, you know, and it was a huge overreaction. In other words, the next time something like this comes along, are we going to see the same sort of uh, response or are they going to, is, is everybody going to stop and take a week next time before they decide how to proceed? Well, it probably was a little bit of overreaction, but what they were seeing in Mexico, uh, they really just didn't know what was going to happen with thousands of people in hospitals. There were deaths. Uh, they didn't know if the virus, it was definitely a new strain of the flu, so they didn't know if it was going to mutate because uh, flu can do that, and then you there won't be able to make a vaccine. So they took those precautions uh, because they just didn't know what would happen, and they are attributing some of that success to keeping it down, but it's so hard to contain a virus or a disease like the flu once it gets out in the community anyway. But uh, now that they say that it doesn't have those strains in it and it's not as dangerous, they say that you just go on about what you were doing, but they still are urging people to treat it as if you, like regular seasonal flu, you know, wash your hands, do those basic things. Hey, just as we sort of wrap this up, okay, I'm, I, I can get on board with the fact that it's not a huge deal and it's, you know, no one, no worse than the regular flu and it just it, all your standard precautions and whatnot. But is, I, I'm not really like a, I'm not an epi- epidemiologist or anything, so I don't really know this. Is it strange that there would be a flu that is one third human, one third bird, one third like pig? I mean, that just seems like some island of Dr. Moreau uh, kind of disease. It is, I mean, still very, just the whole concept of that is unnerving. Is that unusual that we would have some sort of animal flu that we can somehow catch? Well, it is a little bit odd. They did say it was a new strain. They said that because usually swine flu, it, it's transmitted between pigs. You don't normally get, it doesn't usually transmit to the person. So they say that, that with that new strain, they didn't know what would happen. And, um, you know, we have all, all these different kinds, like you said, bird flu and, and now pig flu. So I think they're just taking all the precautions, and uh, who knows if it could mutate or we'll see other illnesses down the road. All right. Amanda Moyer at the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Thank you so much, Amanda. My pleasure. There you go. Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. That's fantastic. Excellent. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday. The Jennifer Aniston movie filmed in Portland opens next week. It includes a laundry room lovemaking scene between her and Steve Zahn. He's kind of icky. Paula, <laughs> Paula Abdul finally admits to a 12-year painkiller addiction and two California men are charged with smuggling Asian songbirds in their pants. <laughs> Not the pants of the Asian songbirds. No. All right. So... I'm back on this thehairtrader.com. I know site, we're kind of obsessed with which the now trader. I can't. It, 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 I, like, I can't close the window. I can't stop looking at it. No. Here's some curly hair. Oh my god, it's just been sold. I was going to click on it. Now it's gone. Sold curly hair. Sold, sold, sold. The description of this hair. And you can see this at thehairtrader.com. Uh, so probably like eBay, you can hire somebody to keep you bidding on your hair for you while you're doing other things. Okay, so what are people? I mean, I understand if it's a wig maker or something buying it, but what do you want to buy a ponytail for? Tell people they want something and. 
That's all you have to do. Well, all you have to really have to do is you just have to have something clicking in the lower right-hand corner that's counting down the number of minutes until it's not going to be available. Or we can't do this all day. The number, the number of uh, items remaining before it's completely sold out, and then you get like the knife guy uh, from that knife infomercial. We get to, Terry is not going to let me keep selling this hair after this hour. In two minutes, this hair is going to be gone. And then I find myself reaching for the phone like an idiot to pay for this. The description, beautiful ringlets, natural shimmering highlights, never colored, blow-dried or ironed, no that, split ends. That's, that's like that's you're dirty if you've colored your hair. I'm sorry? They act like you're dirty if you've colored your hair. Well, like I suppose. virgin clean hair. Whoa, $2,600? For how much? Uh, how much see. hair do I get for that? Let's see. You can shave off over three feet of my hair for $2,600. Wait a minute. Will she take 23? No, and, and, and before we start haggling over the hair, does that does that mean that I get to do the shaving myself? That beautiful, sounds perverse. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. Yeah, beautiful, thick, dark blonde hair with red highlights. These are all in Washington and Oregon. Is this a local website? Uh-huh. I think it's a Ted Bundy uh, thing, maybe. this. Now, but is this like a fetish thing where when somebody pays $2,600, what they're paying for it to some degree is the right to come and shave your head? Because I could see maybe that having some sort of odd, perverse appeal yeah, to right, any This one specifically people. says, you can shave over three feet of hair off my head. Okay. <laughs> Well, there I you go. I'd like one of those Clackamas brunettes, please. <laughs> uh, okay. And so forth. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up in the next hour, CNN uh, Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. I had to make some small uh, voodoo doll of my mouth and do something awful to it today until I can uh, speak it properly. Uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum next hour. More from Tim Riley coming up later on. A pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain who will be at the Keller Auditorium May 29th. Keep listening. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUSO. Putting the cult in pop culture. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. And uh, don't forget, coming up later on today, we have Anthony Bourdain tickets we'll be giving away. It's going to be at the Keller Auditorium on May 29th. Tickets on sale now. We're giving some away today. If you have uh, won a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels, don't forget the Brett Michaels show has been moved from tonight to August 2nd. Still going to be happening and still going to be happening at the Roseland. If you have purchased tickets or won tickets, they will still be honored. Uh, the show has been postponed from tonight. It was supposed to happen tonight. It's going to be happening August 2nd instead. So uh, be listening for details. My name is Rick Everson alongside Sarah X. Dillon and Tim Riley, who is tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Well, there's quite a bit going on. They're trying to identify a frozen body. Nobody's come forward to claim this frozen body in quite some time. It looks like Portland will become the nation's first manufacturer of streetcars. And schools in Oregon will no longer be closing just because somebody gets a, a swine flu. People have to toughen up. How can we become the first manufacturer of streetcars if they had those in San Francisco like 130 <laughs> years ago? That seems implausible. I, I think know. there's a timeline issue in that story that needs some resolution. It says the nation's first manufacturer of streetcars. No, Maybe they were made They're... in different countries. <laughs> they should have been made in different countries. Yeah. Trying to make sense well, the, out of the, the story. The streetcars just... that we're using now weren't made in this country, some of them. Maybe they're going to be good old American streetcars now. That's American. American. Uh, sir. All right. Hey, uh, I have some random observations here. There ought to be either a radio morning show or a cologne, or perhaps both, called Napalm in the Morning. You know? Because the Napalm... Apocalypse now. Never mind. I've See, you're not seen... a you're not a guy. You don't know I'm why not, that's great. No, I'm not. I'm not smuggling the penis. All right, no guy. <laughs> no, you're not, Sarah. I mean, not not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> 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 
All right. Uh, no, it's Robert Duvall. There's that whole sequence. There's a sequence in Apocalypse Now. Something like, I love the smell of napalm. He goes, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smells like victory. So there ought to be, there ought to, I mean, there ought to just be sort of, sort of a uh, rock morning show where it's like, I'm napalm in the morning and then whatever. And then it's like, then you'd play more shine down. Um, uh, Cologne, napalm in the morning. Note to self. All right. Do that. Uh, by the way, if you I can hear, call you napalm if it'll make you feel better. And I, please don't call me napalm. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm going to write down Napalm Morning. All right. There's some comedy that I'm going to make out of that later on. And there's something happening with my shoe this morning. And I so I apologize now if you can hear this. Do you ever have this thing? How can we hear your shoes? Well, see, I'm glad you asked that, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tie my shoe issue into uh, my nose here in just a second. Because do you ever have a congestion in your nose where... Sometimes you can breathe out of one nostril, but not the other. And then, like, let's say you're like your left nostril is is somewhat clogged or congested, but then your right nostril, your breathing is fine. But here's the thing: and then at some point, it switches, and you but and you don't know why uh, or or how it happened or exactly when, but your nostrils sort of trade off. And then here's the other thing: do you ever get the deal where you like inside your nose? It's like when one of the nostrils decides to clear up, it makes kind of a sound and you wonder if people who you are like if you're having a conversation with somebody and that uh, noise occurs you wonder if they can hear it if they can <laughs> do you ever lie I mean, like your nose will make some noise inside your head the, art and i were talking about our ears earlier this morning like i have the, my ears do that like yeah so, but that's sound. not the same like see i don't think you're like your ear popping just happens like like well, that's like well, that's way inside your head like i don't think that i don't think that's a thing that would be audible but my noise uh, my uh the noises that come out of my nose occasionally i do wonder if other people can hear them and so it is with my shoe because I parked here in the uh, parking lot here, the, the back uh, lot of, uh, of CBS Radio Portland, and I stepped out of the car, and I guess I should have anticipated this, but by our satellite dishes in the, in the back parking lot, there is a puddle that is about nine inches deep. And I didn't really realize that until I gauged the depth of the puddle with my leg today. Oh, that's and an so amazing start to the morning. <laughs> the water went all the way up past the top of my truck tailors all the way up to my pant leg. Really? And so I'm busy squishing my way around the hallway today. And I am and I can hear it, but I don't know if this is like that episode of MASH where Hawkeye could, uh, you know, Hawkeye could smell the weird, uh, you know, the you know, the, like the weird mold smell, but it wasn't really there. And then Sidney Freeman had to come in and diagnose him. And it was really because he had a repressed childhood memory that had to do with a lake. And then he was smelling the mold, but there really wasn't any mold, and it was all in his head, and it was psychosomatic. So I can't really tell if my shoe is making this squishing noise or if I'm just sort of projecting it. All right, well, let's take a walk around the hallway, and then I'll tell you if I can hear it or not. I'm just saying at some point, if you hear my nose popping or my shoe squishing, I would like to know that so that I don't believe that I am fabricating sounds in my own head like a crazy person. No, you're not crazy. Don't look at me! It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy the rick emerson show live or via podcast at kufo.com well that was abrupt wasn't it i swear to god <laughs> we're, we're sitting here chatting away we're having a massive conversation about huey lewis and the news here in the uh, rock 101 uh, kufo studios and then suddenly there was silence which really made the song before it all the more compelling. It was sort of like letting one movement of a concerto come to a rest so the audience can internalize and then ponder the music that they have been given. It's beautiful. Except in this case, it was sublime. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, we will have tickets to see Anthony Bourdain when he uh, speaks 
uh, here in Portland. He's going to be at the Keller Auditorium May 29th. We're going to play a clip from his Pacific Northwest show later on. And if you can identify the Portland establishment he is talking about, uh, you will win those tickets. So be listening for that. Tim Riley is up later on in the hour with a look at your news, including the following headlines that he is tracking at this very moment. That's correct. What? Uh, Captain Sully, the hero pirate. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, pilot. I get them confused. He wasn't a pirate, but a pilot. Well, the guy that landed the uh, plane of the Hudson River. There's still time for him to branch out. Well, he has new fame. He's now the spokesman for the San Francisco Library, telling people to return books. Remember that Michigan Popeyes where we had all the problems last week? Yes, I do. They ran out of chicken. We're again? Gonna, again. We're going to revisit that. And uh, it's her greatest shame. Elizabeth Edwards talks about her husband on Oprah. All right. Not on Oprah, as like biblically speaking, but uh, she's discussing her husband. Well, you could fit like two or three people on Oprah right now. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? How are you? I am uh, fantabulous, my friend. How's life in the big city? A uh, pretty good, uh, although it does, it seems more like Portland in that it uh, it's raining a lot here lately. It doesn't seem to stop. Well, I will say that at a certain point here, you just sort of become uh, inured to it, and uh, but then uh, the uh, the elements sort of tease you a little bit because we had like five days in a row where it was, I don't know, it was like eighty five degrees or something, which is just like the tiniest little bit of window into what it will eventually be like. And then this morning, I stepped out of my car and I went ankle deep into a huge puddle that was right outside my vehicle. So it's uh, it's a it's a thing that it's a thing that really you just uh, it just begins to I was going to say it just begins to wash off of you, but you know what I'm talking about. Hey, let me ask you this. Stop raining here soon because you know we only get a few good weather days a year here in New York, and and when it rains this long, people just get depressed and and ornery. Yeah, so you'd, I'd hate to think that people in New York are becoming angry or agitated in some way. I don't even know how you deal with that. Let me. Yeah. Does it always seem like in New York City there's only two? It's, there's only two kinds of stories that ever come out of, of New York. There's either it's the hottest week of the year, Rick. They have never seen temperatures this high, or. It's the coldest week of the year, Rick. They have never seen temperatures this low. And then they interview uh, some guy who's bundled up going, I don't know, I've been here since uh, since 52. i never seen it like this. i never I never gone outside and had it so cold. And then they show a guy shoveling a car. And then the rest of the country kind of says, uh-huh. And then we switch over to watch that guy selling pasta makers on, uh, you know, on HSC. You're going to ruin it for us journalists here. I mean, I've made an entire career on those two stories. I mean, you could, I mean, you really, you could build an entire uh, an entire broadcasting uh, empire on just interviewing that guy who also always appears to be, you know, he's like living in Flushing or something. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's just yeah. and he's just one of those guys who seems like he ought to be down at, a, at you know at Smitty's bar uh, the rest of the day, and uh, you know and he said I don't know I mean it's uh, I can take a lot of cold but this is just just it's just too much and then and then you, you, then they show the reporter who's gesturing at the guys who are all sitting at the bar uh, drinking themselves blind and you say and for these guys it's just one opportunity to take a few minutes off work Steve Kastenbaum in Flushing. Uh, literally encapsulated my 11 years of reporting at uh, 1010 Winds, the all-news radio station here, in uh, in about 30 seconds there. Well, yep. it's what I do, sir. I take great things and I uh, I reduce them. So once, once in a while, the monotony gets broken up by like a hurricane or a nor'easter. But that's about it. Let me ask you uh, this about uh, Bristol Palin. Is it possible that this story is not fabricated? Is it true that Bristol Palin is going to be, quote, among several panelists talking to teenagers in New York about preventing teen pregnancy? Yeah. That seems uh, like well, a it, bit like closing the barn door after the baby has come out of it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, she is going to appear this afternoon 
at uh, a panel discussion, uh, a town hall meeting where hundreds of teenagers will be in the audience, and it's uh, run by the Candies Foundation, which is dedicated to educating teens about uh, the 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 uh, you know the negative aspects of having a child uh, at uh, a very young age, and uh, they thought that she'd be a good person on the panel, even though the founders don't necessarily agree with her viewpoint uh, that it should be an abstinence-only approach, which obviously she did not follow herself. Wait, let me understand this. So Bristol Palin is telling people that they ought to have an abstinence-only approach because why? Yeah. I mean, that seems a bit of a, that seems a bit odd. It seems like you might want to have somebody for whom that did not work out poorly. Well, apparently, you know, now that she's going to college, she's saying, you know, I love my baby, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wish I had him five years later. That's, That's wonderful. The, the best part about people who say things like that on the record is that, you know, it's only a matter of time before the kid grows up and sees a transcript of mom saying something like, well, I love my baby, but I, I wish that in an alternate world I was childless and barren. Uh, because it just it's odd. There's no way that you can say I love my kids, comma, but ellipsis without it somehow just uh, I mean, that, if for no other reason than, you know, once that kid turns like 13, 14 and discovers that on Google, that's going to get brought up in every single argument the kid ever has with mom for the rest of its life. I you just know got I mean? some sound bites from Bristol from the Today Show. She, she just spoke. You want to hear really? one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, okay. Hey, Sarah, will Steve be able to hear these? Are we playing these on the phone? Okay. So this is sound from Bristol Palin. She wants uh, teenagers to know what it's really like to have a baby. I'm just out here just trying to tell teens that this is hard work. This is a real job. It's a 24-hour-a-day job. It's it's not like an accessory on your hip. It's It's hard work. Really, it's hard work. Well, it's a good thing that you're staying home and being a mom. Oh, all she wait, had to I'm do sorry. Was, you're on the Today Show. Push. She's not against uh, advocating safe sex. Well, definitely. If you're going to have sex, I think you should have safe sex. And regardless of what I did or anything like that, I think that abstinence is the only 100% foolproof way of preventing teen pregnancy. Well, all right, then. Oh, words She's of right wisdom. on that regard. I mean, it is the only 100% foolproof way. I suppose, but I don't really know that that should count as groundbreaking uh, thinking at this point in time. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, all the studies show that, uh, you know, teens don't care about that. I know? mean, that's that's so. like saying that not eating is a guaranteed way to lose weight. I mean, that doesn't really... I don't think that counts as actual science in 2009. Exactly, yeah. It, 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 I, do you think that she's doing this because... Her ex, Levi Johnston, is all of a sudden appearing on all these talk shows, so she wants to get her face out there in the media. Well, now. in my opinion, and this is merely my opinion as a pundit, and uh, I will not ask you to weigh in on this. Uh, I don't wish to tarnish your journalistic credibility. I would say that, A, the reason she's doing this are uh, that her mom is a nutcase who uh, is going to be under the delusion that she can be the president in 2012 or that she can at least run for president, which I think everybody who is over the age of reason understands to be a falsehood. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, also, I, 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 if she's going to be speaking about something that she can understand, it seems like she ought to be on a panel called Why Not to Be Impregnated by a Hillbilly Redneck. I mean, really, I mean, it's just, I mean look, I, he seems like a nice enough guy, but like a lot of nice enough people, he doesn't seem to be all that bright. I mean, really, just brain as sharp as butter on that guy. And, you know, on his mom, it like got busted from meth, and it just seems like... Maybe if you're going to go out and uh, be getting a guy's seed, you ought to get a guy who, uh, you know, isn't from like a meth family, for one thing, and who isn't immediately going to go on Larry King and just kind of be mouth breathing all over the place. It just it seems like she had a poor choice uh, when it came to suitors there. You know what I mean? You know, it's interesting when when you're like the governor of uh, California or the governor of New York, your kids go to like the best prep schools in Los Angeles or New York City. 
and they wind up with the you know the the future socialites uh, of those locations. I guess that just doesn't happen in every state. Oh well, I mean, look, he might be. Look, let's just, I mean, Levi Johnson might be, uh, you know, among the upper crust of, uh, you know, like Rust Bucket, Alaska. I mean, I don't really know. I think the bar, you're probably grading on a bit of a curve in that part of the country. So, all right. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hey, enjoy the rain, Steve. Thank you very much. Uh, one of these days, i got to get out to Portland to see what real rain is like. All right. I'll end it as uh, you would end it while interviewing the Archie Bunker-looking guy in uh, in Queens. And so that's one man who's, wait a minute, hold on. No, I was trying to work a pun. I don't have it. So there you go. So CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, who's going to get back inside now and out of the rain. Steve, you have a great day. Thank you. All right, there you go. Thanks so much. There you go. And then it's like they would cut to Anderson Cooper, who would talk to that woman at the crossover period where they would show an amusing picture of a pony at the zoo. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Back after this. Web blog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Who's an obedient girl? I am! Visit KUFO.com right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning, 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in the show, a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who will be at the Keller Auditorium May 29th. And ladies and gentlemen, be listening for that as well as the top five. The top five songs under two minutes in length. Hey, just so we've been following this this website, this it's thehairtrader.com, which Tim found. Did you say you found this because people in Michigan were selling their hair? Yes, it's a perfect thing for the swine flu weary nation. So this is so if you think you've run out of ways to save money or cut corners or to perhaps uh, create a little financial flow into your household, yes, you can just cut off your own hair and sell it online at this website. So I'm now going to read to you these are the two creepiest things that I found at this website. And this is not uh, it's not like some GeoCities page or something a guy put up. I mean, I don't know who, whoever's behind this, but it does appear to be like an actual real website because it's available in you can have the website. Uh, you can view it in either English, Spanish, German, Italian, French, or Russian, and it's like a, it's like an eBay uh, type thing where you create an account and you log in, and then you buy and sell. But you're buying and selling hair. So I've got these two websites, uh, these two uh, ads on the website. This one says, "I have ten ponytails from Vietnamese women's heads that I have to sell from eighteen inches long to twenty five inches. It is healthy, soft, and shiny." <laughs> Which I believe is is particularly uh, particular way of spelling shiny. Everyone wants shiny hair. Um, yes, but, they but do. You can see these stands like popping up at the Lloyd Center next to Forever Twenty One ponytails, <laughs> <laughs> right next to the Scarfish merchandise. Um, and then the the creepiest part is it's not that he has already quote ten ponytails from Vietnamese <laughs> women's heads. It's that right after that he said, and he doesn't make it clear whether the heads Join are still attached. Ponytail of the month club. <laughs> he says. I can supply ten ponytails each month if you pay a good price, which is so I'm picturing Where like. Where is a, he getting all these ponytails? I think you know the answer to that, Sarah. Um, so I'm picturing like some like a Dale Gribble uh, kind of guy just sitting out there with a tool belt, chain smoking. Or some ponytail slavery ring. Exactly. I mean, it's just altogether unnerving. And then right next to that is this other personal ad, and again, this is from thehairtrader.com. Here's another ad somebody's put up. Virgin Southeast Asian hair. I have 50 full ponytails of virgin Southeast Asian hair per month for sale. <laughs> and it's the per month part that's unnerving. I mean, comes in an attractive gift box. I could see if, I could see if a guy maybe over the course of 10 or 20 years somehow amassed 50 so-called virgin Southeast Asian ponytails. But where he knows he's going to get a, like a full thing of like 50 ponytails a Seriously, month. Seriously, that's something to look a, forward to. 
That's a lot of that's a lot of so it's like a uh, it's like an applets and cutlets uh, subscription except it's hair. It's like a Harry and David's catalog, but follicular. Uh, it, but I mean, that's a lot of work obtaining fifty ponytails a month. I would think. I that I mean, that does seem like it's a full time uh, like it's a full time job. I have weekly photos of the hair before and after the cut. Just kind of look around the duct tape, I suppose. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A mysterious frozen body. Who does it belong to? Nobody's claimed it. They found this dead body after being struck by a train in 2001, and it's been frozen and kept by the state's medical examiner ever since. The man is a white male, late 30s to mid-40s, 5 foot 9, 180 pounds. Uh, they think he comes from Ashland, or also from the Silver really? area. Was he, was he dressed in a Renfair costume? It, it doesn't say, but he's been mysteriously frozen for seven years. Wouldst thou like to thaw me out and find the nature of my demise, good sir? Have a flagon of lemonade. A Lord of the Rings subdivision is being sold. This Lord of the Rings-themed subdivision in Bend provides the boom-and-bust symbol of Central Oregon's housing market. It's called the Shire. It was 15-lot subdivisions had old-world housing styles and a fantasy setting styled after Lord of the Rings. Well, now Portland-based Umco Bank, which loaned $3.4 million to Lynn and Janet for this project in December 2004, well, it's being sold for $750,000. Where did you say this is at? Bend. All right. Well, so, I mean, I was just making, we were talking about Ashland, but, I mean, it really is all, it's all part and parcel of the uh, the same kind of culture. There. So it covers one nearly finished Hobbit homes, eight townhouse sites, Seven single-family sites and 3.1 acres of surplus land. Oregon is just such a weird place, man. I mean, it's just the b- most bizarre. I-, I mean, I wouldn't live anywhere else, really, but, I mean, it's just the, it's just the strangest place. Well, you understand it's- why people from the East Coast think that we all live on farms when you hear stories like well, that. Seriously. Right, because- here in a covered wagon. <laughs> I mean, you've got some woman shaped like a pumpkin who's rolling herself and her family into a hobbit hole in Bend. Well, you know, by the way, just uh, speaking of the hobbit hole... Um, which sounds really profane sounds now that like I think a, about it. Sounds like a Lord of the Rings porn. <laughs> We're selling <laughs> hobbit holes. Giant foreclosure sale on hobbit holes in Ben. Uh, why, Bilbo, uh, may I come into your hobbit hole? Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, help us in. Oh, that's what an old wizard needed this morning. Warm and cushy in here. <laughs> yes, it is, Tim. Um, real quickly... I now I, there's nothing there's no observation I can make now that is just going to sound perverse. But um, but if you watch Lord of the uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, you know there's that whole uh, that, that that whole thing where you know Bilbo lives. You know Bilbo has that kind of underground little you know two thirds. I like house. that. I've always wanted to live in a place like okay. that, and that's why they were building these. Do you know Do you know where that set that actual set that is Bilbo Hobbins uh, Bilbo Hobbit Bilbo Bilbo oh, Baggins' is Hobbit hole? Do you know where that whole thing has gone? Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings, had it taken out and put in his backyard. Oh, that bastard. And so, I mean, if you go to Peter Jackson's house and you go into the backyard, he has this, like, it's, you know, he lives in New Zealand, so there's a lot of very lush, uh, green sort of forestry in the backyard. And then built into the side of a hill in his backyard is Bilbo Baggins' entire house, just as it appears in the film, which is awesome. Which is the best thing ever. Does he I mean, have kids? Like, is that their playhouse or he something? Does, uh, no, it's like, well, he has kids, but it's not there. It's his. He's oh. like, and it's like, and now that's where I go to get my work done. I just go into Bilbo Baggins's house, which is in my backyard. I'm Peter Jackson, which is which is fantastic. So, I mean, that's that is one of the perks of being uh, that guy. So, here's Tim Riley. Yikes! Who said there was job security at Microsoft? They are pulling the trigger on thousands, make that 5,000 job cuts it announced earlier this year. About 3,000 employees were notified today or yesterday being laid off 
And in an email, their chief executive, Steve Ballmer, left the door open to even more cuts. As we move forward, that's always a dreaded statement. About half the 3,000 notices sent out yesterday were to employees in the U.S., 1,200 of those in the Puget Sound this, area. This is at Microsoft? Microsoft, yeah. Wait, hold on. It appears you're trying to clean out your desk. Would you like help? Click? No? Okay. I bet they feel that way. Let's do a Britney watch. I, that was like a 1% joke probably at this point mm-hmm. because I think they phased the talking paperclip out after Windows Oh, 98. no, it's it's still there. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, good for it. All right, here's Does it a, dance? Your Britney watch for Wednesday on The Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Brittany is thinking about buying an oxygen chamber to protect your voice when she performs. That's an oxygen chamber. According to Britain's The Sun, Spears is looking to spend $30,000 in a device that will reverse any smoke inhalation damage that she could suffer during your current circus tour. Well, so will she She's perform a smoker, inside of this? Though. I mean, that's I, what we, I was going to say. This is a relaxing place to have a smoke. Let's light up. <laughs> she does realize that there's oxygen like everywhere. She right? doesn't realize that. No. Okay. All right. Come the, on. the news comes just weeks after Spears ran off stage during a concert in Vancouver. Not our Vancouver, but the one up north because of an amount of smoke in the arena. I forgot to say. So uh, when I saw her in Vegas, it was just a couple weeks ago, which was about two weeks after that incident. They made because the Pussycat Dolls were the uh, the, the openers. So they came out and they did, they did the thing. And then uh, they made about every two minutes. There was a recorded announcement in the I would say 15 minutes leading up to Britney taking the stage. Where this big booming voice said, if there is any smoking of anything, if there is any smoke in the air, the concert will be stopped and there will be no refunds. So clearly that is, for whatever insane reason, that's a thing she takes really seriously. That's weird, but she's not even singing. She's well, but, but, singing. well, you, but you know how celebrities are. She's got some, uh, she's got some holistic, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, nut crunching, uh, you know, so everybody like knows. Swami somewhere who has told her. Who has started lecturing her about don't, health? Don't mess with your chakra when you're trying to. No, that's totally. But everybody knows she's lip syncing, but nobody really cares. But I mean, but but that, but it seems to me that the more famous you get, and the less that you actually have to use things like uh, like your voice, you know, the less you are actually contributing, the more you become terrified uh, that somehow you know everything's going to go wrong and your fame will vanish. So you start paying attention to guys like yeah, that who goes no no no, smoking will give you a purple aura when you need a green aura. So what you should do is avoid any. Anything in the air, which is, you know, leads to panic of this, uh, of the nature. All right. There's your uh, Britney watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson show. Nickel Arcade with our Britney watch theme. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It appears you're trying to write a threatening letter to Bill Gates. Would you like help? It's the Rick Emerson Show at Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday, ladies and germs. Coming up next hour, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. He's going to be at the Keller Auditorium 
on May 29th. Uh, coming up within this hour, a pair of tickets to see uh, our good friend Richard Cheese. He's going to be here at Dante's Saturday, May 9th. And if you have tickets to the Brett Michaels Show, speaking of tickets to things, the Brett Michaels Show, which was uh, going to be tonight, is still going to be happening, but it's been postponed till August 2nd. So your tickets, if you want them, if you bought them, whatever, they're going to be honored. It's not going to be a problem. You'll be able to carry those forward, as they say. So the Brett Michaels Show tonight will be happening instead August 2nd. You can find that more at KUFO.com. Pardon me, you can go to brettmichaels.com uh, and find out the information there. While you're at KUFO.com, you can also be listening to our feature interviews with, among other luminaries, Chris Cornell, Kiefer Sutherland, or Scott Weiland. And uh, I got um, several emails last night from people who gone online and they listened to a segment we're calling The Magic of Editing. And that is where our good friend Greg Nibbler took a 14-minute uh, interview with Scott Weiland, which was... I would say somewhat wide ranging and consolidated all of the best responses down into about four minutes. So do yourself a favor. You got like 18 minutes to kill at some point. You go online, you listen to the edited version of the Scott Weiland interview, and then go listen to the full length version of the Scott Weiland interview and then acknowledge the greatness of Greg Nibbler and his editing ability. It is, uh, it is quite something. It is Wednesday morning. It's Tuesday. We are here in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Tim Riley is tracking. Did I say Tuesday? You said it's Wednesday morning. It's Tuesday. Well, that's just no, it's, true, it's, sir. It's Wednesday. That's just crazy talk. No, that's what he said, but it's really Wednesday, but you said Tuesday. What? Let's move forward. No one heard it. <laughs> Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. The Portland Police Bureau says the Oregonian story is wrong about the mayor allegedly having alcohol on his breath. Two other witnesses claim they got close to the mayor. They didn't smell any booze on him. Uh, Salem dad is arrested on charges. He used a shock collar on his kids. There are 21 swine flu cases in Oregon, but you needn't be afraid anymore. Schools will no longer be closed. I am not a monster. The nation's first face transplant recipient speaks. Do we just have, do we have that soundbite uh, of her handy? Uh, let's see. I can find it. Okay. So this is the woman. And this is not the woman in Britain because the woman in Britain was the world's first uh, face transplant right. recipient. This and is she's the, anonymous, right? There aren't any pictures of her? Uh, no, I, well, I don't think so. I mean, we would have seen him in the sun by now. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if anybody, I mean, the British are, I mean, they're, they've got, they've got like the truffle hound. You know, scent. I know you told me not to look at it, but I've got to see no, what she looks No, no, no. See, here's the thing though. I'm okay. Now, before you do it. So this is a woman, uh, let me pull up a chair here. So this is the woman who got her face transplanted at the Cleveland Clinic. And maybe she'll get a bumper sticker that says that. I got my face transplanted at the Cleveland Clinic. Won't you? So she had she had, a press conference. there was an injury and a very a traumatic injury. And so she was, you know, and she was, she was a, a, you know, a decent looking woman kind of before everything started. Then she gets the horrible face injury. Now you're not looking it up right now. No, are no, you? I, I clicked on it. I Google search, image searched it and then I closed it. So All right. Yeah. You don't. So she had the normal look and then she had the bad look after the, uh, after the unpleasantness with the gun. And then she had the face transplant put it on. It shows what she looks like with her face shot off? Um, yeah, yeah. See, that's the part yeah, that you don't, you want, don't to want to see. Look. Tim accidentally brought I the accident, photo up. And I could not get rid of it. It would not. <laughs> I, I, best, I click, click. No, no, I, no, I, I, I kept hitting the red X and it would not go away. Here's the thing. So I walk over to, I walk over past Tim's computer and he's just, he's jabbing at it like a monkey with it, with it, with a, <laughs> with one of those cocaine levers in a lab. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I can't get this woman's face off the screen. And it was like one of those weird, like like Java applet flash things, where it's in other words, you you can't just close it. It's like you got to press it, the arrow, and it's got to like then uh, load the next photo, or it's oh, got to yeah. like slowly morph to the next picture in the series or whatever. And so Tim is just pressing the button repeatedly because he can't get this poor woman's face off the screen. And I, look, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just saying it's not the kind of thing you want to see when you're having your oatmeal. It's just I, I mean, uh, it's nobody you, you see as a receptionist, not the face of your company. Anyway. Can I help her? I mean, really, there's no. I mean, it's. And and so she has this face transplant now, and she looks sort of like... When she, you take a rolling pin to Play-Doh, 
And okay. You put a couple of features on it. Or or that I was going to say a normal face, but if it were left on a radiator and kind of melted uh, for like uh, let's say Sarah, let's say that your head was not made out of actual Sarah parts. Let's say your head was made out of wax like it was a candle. Let us further say that if I took uh, your head, which was made out of wax like and a candle, and put, put it in the microwave, put it on a microwave, or on the hood of a car on a hot summer day and left it there for about an hour, and then came back, that is what the woman looks like now after the face transplant. Now, maybe there's swelling of some kind, and that's contributing to it. It's not a not a good look. Well, uh, let me think about it over the break, whether or not I want to. Well, let's do one, of, don't these, want to. Let's do one of these sound bites, and then we'll see if you want to see the face that's attached to this voice. Tim? So the new face lady holds a press conference. I just want to say that... When somebody has a, a defectment and don't look as pretty as you do, don't judge them because you never know what happened to them. Okay, that's enough of that. So then, then she says, uh, please don't point. You know, Pat here, she's my motivator. She's the one who got me to exercise and eat my greens and drink my water. <laughs> So the she could end up as a high school graduation speaker. And, well, I mean, I mean, at least it's not going to be that guy with no lower jaw. No, they chewing tobacco! And, you know, and then they bring in the guy who plays guitar with his feet. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show continues next. I mean, it looks like a russet potato with legs. On Rock 101 KUFO. What's up, traffic? All right. On the Sunset Eastbound, we have congested pockets between the Sylvan Interchange and Washington Park. Then on the Banfield, a few bits of crowding between I-205 and I-5. That's normal for this time in the morning. That's traffic on Rock 101 KUFO. Wash, rinse, repeat. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO Wednesday morning, and good morning to you. Coming up before the end of today's show, a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's going to be at the uh, Keller Auditorium May 29th. We're just a moments away from Tim Riley at the news desk. But speaking of Tim Riley doing things, do we have yes. that traffic sounder? So <laughs> this do. is... Is Well, there isn't a traffic... So there's traffic scheduled, but... The sounder isn't in the system, so I was going through and trying to remember like what the traffic bed was called. So, so I found the, this one. So this is the thing that this is in the last uh, into the last break where there was a m- music bed that played underneath him as he was doing his traffic, but it didn't sound like the thing that was supposed to be playing. It was labeled traffic, but it sounded like something altogether. This Do you is have Tim Riley traffic? All right, bed. so well, let's pl- so this is what we were playing. <laughs> So I should probably do traffic here, shouldn't I? Go no, for this it. is see no, what. The, so what, what is, is this? this? I'm not sure what it is. I have no idea. This just sort of came out of nowhere, and that sounds altogether uh, d- together different than the traffic bet that we usually play. Mm-hmm. So has there been some sort of? Did somebody overwrite the file with something else? I don't know. This is the one that says Tim Riley traffic bed. All right. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, overwriting the file with something else, so uh, uh, so uh, Brent uh, Brizendine, who is the guy that puts together a lot of those rejoin liners, and the rejoin liner is the thing that will play between the commercial break and us coming back, where there is usually the guy who says, Rock 101 KUFO, and then there'll be the sound bite of Tim playing something, uh, Tim saying something like, you know, russet potato with legs, or that thing where I say, even Nazis have boobs, mm. and then it says the name of the show. So... There's a pretty standard template that we use there. It's the first half of the identification, which is the station, then a random soundbite from the show, then the second half of the identification, which is where it actually says, you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. And it's that soundbite in the middle that is always fascinating to us because it just seems to be an endless series of those that rotate. And so Brent is actually out of town, so I've been rooting around inside his uh, soundbite folder here on the computer. stuff, no big deal. That is, that's absolutely correct, Sarah. <laughs> um so I've just found what appears to be his entire cache of these. Let me see if this is what I think. Of his sound bites? Hold on a second. Let me just... Also, it's an anus where no one wants to live. 
So there you go. What? That does doesn't that sound exactly like the kind of thing that is? Wait, hold on. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. So that's fantastic. So I I think we are now getting a little glimpse into the future of this uh, of this program. This oh. is a window into which we can peer and we can see the rejoin liners to come. Let's just do uh, one more here. Um, I love a man in yellow pants. So I love a man in yellow pants. Okay, now it won't stop. Now it's just looping. So there's about 300 of those. Uh, so over the next uh, day or two, we'll be uh, kind of cycling through Lucky them to see us. what's there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's Tim Ryan. In the news with Tim Riley. That crumbling castle in the West Hills will be torn down as Canterbury Castle. It's an occupied spit in foreclosure. People just couldn't afford the castle. It's 80 years old. And uh, the pieces of stone are falling off and rolling down hillsides. It could be dangerous. And the fireplace is separating for the rest of the building. It was on TV a couple of weeks ago. Wait, so pieces of a stone house are falling it's off a castle. and rolling down the hill? Where is this mm-hmm. at? It's in the West Hills. I don't think I've ever seen it. Maybe it's like an a- abandoned castle? Yeah, it's an abandoned castle. It's in foreclosure. Is this a part of the West Hills where I am not allowed? You're allowed. You're are allowed you- anywhere. You have freedom of movement in the, this country. The world is Wh- whether you are comfortable being there is the question, <laughs> isn't it? I always just sort of assume that there's uh, that there's secret areas of town where I am not permitted to uh, to linger or, or go at, no, any, you, at any point. No, you just don't go that far. Well, that's probably true. You frequent the same areas. I'm not as adventurous as you, you are. You don't want but... to expand on your horizons no. by visiting crumbling castles in the West Hills. No, I don't. I'll just sit at home and buy boxer shorts and eat cheese Whiz. Here's Tim Riley. Lots of laughs. My man admits he used a shock collar on his kids for fun. That is funny. Todd Markham put an electronic dog collar on his four children. Each had a turn. He said he admitted <laughs> to shocking them all at least once and thought it was funny. He also said he got entertainment out of chasing his three-year-old son around with a collar and making him cry. Wow. Whoa. Good God almighty. He has children ages nine, eight, six, and three. Oh, see, so this is... I'm, you've got to give me some of the also, details these on these stories like bastards. right out of the gate because I figured that the kids were like 16, which is the sort of age where you would find that kind of funny because you're not all that bright at that age. I mean, you kind of there is sort of a bell curve, you know, it's mm-hmm. like where is a little kid, you know, you're a lot smarter than people give you credit for. Yes. And then from about 16 to like 20, you become mind bogglingly stupid in mm-hmm. many ways uh, and just because your brain is all unwired. Uh, and then once you hit your twenties, then you know, then you, then you start getting bright again. So it's this isn't like a fourteen-year-old where they're sitting around just sort of beavising each other with the uh, with the shot collar. This is like a three-year-old that he is sh- chasing around the house. Mm-hmm. First of all, how? What is his problem? He has to chase a three-year-old. It doesn't really seem like. It doesn't seem like that's a uh, that's a, a child that takes a lot of uh, a lot of difficulty to corral. Mm-hmm. But then he's chasing the kid with the shot collar because quote. It's funny. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Salem Police would like to remind you, because some people have to be reminded, that shock collars and devices are not toys and should not be played with. These are devices designed to control disruptive and aggressive behavior and are not intended for amusement. Yes. Also, your reproductive system is something that's not just a toy and shouldn't just be played with sort of willy-nilly. You'll pardon the pun. You My dominatrix to... friend has a shot collar that she puts on some of her clients. Yeah, but see, that's a guy who's like 45 and has obviously been a bad little boy and needs to be punished. This is true. This is someone who just had the unfortunate luck to be born to a retard. So that's an altogether different situation. There's Tim Riley. Remember that Popeye's chicken in uh, Minnesota that ran out of, well, the chicken special on Earth Day? Yes, I do, Tim. It ran out of chicken again yesterday. People have kids and they're trying to feed for the special. And you mean to tell me that we can't feed our kids? Because y'all didn't order enough chicken. 
Trump knew y'all was having this special almost two months ago. And that's wrong. No chicken? It's very disappointing. I wanted some chicken today. This is ridiculous. They should have had a stockpile of chicken for this day. Oh. They should have had a tractor tail out back with extra chicken on ice. I was trying to feed my family tonight. Can't get that bucket in now. More disappointed than angry. You know, we've been looking forward to this day. They advertise it on, on national TV. How you gonna run out of chicken? I'm never coming back now. I'm serious. I'm but done. they they will tomorrow. They should have had tomorrow. a tractor trailer out back. They should have. Piled with chicken. chicken they ice. should have. What kind of management do they have there? Boy, and, and it's just, I mean, if you just listen to that soundbite, it's like the United Colors of Benetton. Uh-huh. I mean, apparently outrage at this particular Popeye's chicken uh, yeah. franchise. It is what brings all different cultures and backgrounds together because you could just, it's like on the Earth Day thing. Which they were apparently celebrating Earth Day by taking some of God's creatures and hacking them into little pieces and, and then boiling them in the fat of something back. else. <laughs> they were like, we are never again. returning to this Popeye's chicken. Dear sir, I was very disappointed by your lack of chicken. But, I mean, it is, it is worth asking the question how it is they did not anticipate the fact that they would need lots of chicken at this restaurant, which in fact has chicken as one of the only two words in the name. That well, I think people are keeping a tighter inventory now. Well, I mean, does this, I mean, this is like I went to a, uh, what we'll call a popular sandwich, uh, franchise that's, uh, downtown in, in Portland here. I walked in, I said, I'll have the, uh, six inch Italian with the, and the guy just goes, well, I don't have any bread. <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> that's what's happened to me before? I know, but like, what? Yeah. Okay, uh, and but it's like my brain didn't process, and I said, okay, well, that's great. I'll have the melted Italian. He goes, no, there's no bread. And I said, what do you mean there's no bread? And he goes, yeah, we're all out, plum out of bread. And it's like, at what point would you not anticipate the need for bread at a sandwich shop? This world is is not a world of men machine, as they say in Glengarry Glen Ross. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments, only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You are moments away from Tim Riley at the news desk coming up next hour. Uh, the top five. The top five songs under two minutes in length. Uh, next hour as well, a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's going to be at uh, the Keller Auditorium May 29th. Tickets on sale now. His show probably on television at the moment, too. He's on the uh, uh, Travel Channel. They've been doing a uh, marathon. So really, the odds are like one in three right now. You flip on the Travel Channel, and he's going to be uh, there gracing your screen. So I myself, I sat and watched, uh, I think, two and a half episodes back-to-back. Last time I watched him going to... I'd already seen my favorite episode of No Reservations where he goes to Romania. And I had finished the Romania episode, I think, two nights ago. So last night I watched Singapore, Jamaica, and that vanishing um, Manhattan episode uh, back to back to back. So they've been marathoning his program a lot, so you really ought to watch it. Uh, so Anthony Bourdain tickets next hour. Right now we are going to take uh, caller number 10 for your shot to see uh, Richard Cheese. He's going to be performing at Dante's this coming Saturday, May 9th. A pair of tickets to see Vegas lounge singer Richard Cheese this Saturday, May 9th at Dante's. If you are caller 10 at 503 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 at the news desk. Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A Gresham coach is suspended for lying with a student in a parked car. This is the assistant girls basketball coach at Centennial High School suspended after Trontail police found them alone with a student oh, in the back of, of his car. The juvenile taken into protective custody, taken to the police station. The coach has not yet been charged or arrested for any wrongdoing. An investigation is 
Now underway, the coach is in suspended for working with the gals on campus for a while. When you say laying with her in the car or lying or whatever it is. I take it they weren't sitting up. But I mean, like on top of her? I, it does I'm, not say. So they were just, I mean, so they're just hanging out to said, get a nap. Quote, when they arrived to investigate, they found a coach laying with a 17-year-old female in the car's back seat. Oh, well, the back, okay. That, I didn't understand that it was in the back seat. That could seat. be wholesome. Well, I thought they might have been, you know, like, would have been a, a long day of some they kind. They might have been or, looking for change between the seats. I that thought they might have been up front and the seats were reclined and they were both catching a little snooze. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently not so much. Okay. Uh, then we have the city of Fort Worth uh, saying a man is trying to take advantage of the swine flu by selling swine flu prevention kits at local restaurants. The man claims to be from the health department. He called a local restaurant owner, telling him that he was required to purchase the kit for $390 paid in advance. Well, that is the American way, Tim. That is Texas. Also, I would like to point out that today's Oregonian, on the same day that everybody reveals that the swine flu is, in fact, no big deal, not probably going to uh, kill anybody else, uh, not going to be any more dangerous than anything else that you're going to face during your uh, regular workday. For the Oregon in the front of the How We Live section, the entire front page is just nothing but swine flu stuff. Also, I would like to thank our listener, Stan, who took my Facebook picture, which is me. It's that weird sort of strange Jehovah's Witness looking photograph that I have where I look like I'm one of the guys in the Maisel's Brothers uh, sales film. Mm -hmm. And he's just modified it to have a surgical mask on me, sort of uh, swine flu style. So that's going to be my new uh, Facebook picture. But, awesome. Um, but uh, so that is the there's just like everything you could possibly want to know about the swine flu on the front of the Oregonian living section today. And then right next to it is a big article about like, but don't bother. It's not a big deal. Here's Tim Riley. So coming next week, it'll be the premiere of Management. That's a film shot in uh, Portland starring Jennifer Aniston and Steve Zahn. They reflect about making the motion picture and talk about the butt grabbing on the set. We did a lot of takes, but we did a lot of setups. Yeah, that Do you know was what I mean? Different angles. Because, like, yeah, he was very concerned where he wanted Where would it benefit the comedy the most? Like, from what visual? Because it's tricky. There was a lot of options. It, yeah, because it had, couldn't look a certain way. Like, it was very intricate. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like, well, that looks kind of weird, and that looks too, you know, and this one. What is happening in this soundbite? It's only half over. It's a great day for you on set, an odd day for you, though, Jen, on set, when they're just shooting your butt from every different angle. Just a hand in the butt. Just like, hey, how's it going? But then you just hold it. This is the best soundbite ever. Or not, possibly. That just sounds such a hag. Good game. We're all drunk and stupid. Oh, wow. Can you play just like the first 10 seconds? Because this is her and Steve Zahn. Yes. So let me just say, first of all, I, I like Steve Zahn. He's one of my favorite actors. I really do dig that guy. Yeah, I just saw him in Reality Bites. He's, he's a great, I mean, he's a great actor. And he's done, he's been in a lot of my favorite films. Um, you know, even the kind of overrated stuff, he's like Happy Texas. I mean, he's still, I mean, he is, he is often the best thing about a bad film, Steve mm -hmm. Zahn. Like the movie Suburbia, which I really wanted to like, but didn't. Um, you know, he and Nikki Cat are the two, the two best things about that film, even though the, the movie itself is kind of lackluster. But tell me, I'm not saying this is the case. I don't really know, but just my opinion here as a pundit, which is protected by the uh, First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. Listen to the beginning of the soundbite and tell me if it sounds to you as though Steve Zahn is obviously drunk and stoned and Jennifer Aniston is trying to hide that fact by cutting him off and not letting him speak. Just play like the first 10 seconds or so. That we did a lot of takes, but we did a lot of setups. Yeah. That you know was what I mean? Different angles. Because... Yeah, he was very concerned where he wanted Where, to, he wanted. where would it <laughs> benefit the comedy the most? Like, oh, you're so right. You can totally hear it. That is, that is as though he has taken 12 too many Vicodin that day. And uh, Jennifer Aniston realizes that this is not the moment to let him be speaking to the media unscripted, Biden style. All right. Hippolito Junior Vasquez has been arrested. Unless you have broken into several Lehigh University apartments, 
stealing a variety of items. When inside, he's accused of writing lewd words on the walls with spray paint, chocolate syrup, and pudding. They uh, eventually were able to find him, thanks to a description by the witness when he was apprehended. Vasquez was covered with chocolate and paint. <laughs> the chocolate-covered criminal was charged with burglary theft, receiving stolen property. He's also wanted an, on an outstanding domestic violence warrant. That's outstanding. So he was covering, uh, was he covering himself with chocolate, or was that just a, sort of an ancillary? It may have happened when he was spray painting these lewd words on walls. Oh wait a minute! So he wasn't spray. Okay, I'm very confused. He wasn't spray painting the word pudding and chocolate. No, no, he was using <laughs> he was using chocolate. chocolate syrup, spray paint, and pudding to write lewd words on walls. He's That's a an, mixed medium artist. Oh, I was just going to say he's like a Basquiat. He's, a performing artist. Uh, he's like but, Yoko Ono. <laughs> Exactly like that. He's sort of the uh, he's sort of a uh, uh, the Pollock of the uh, of the genital description world. Well, uh, well done, sir. Hey, uh, back on this Jennifer Aniston Steve Zahn thing for a second. Now, is this is this the movie that you guys were in or tried to be in or that you got my, cut out my, of? My car is in this movie. Yeah, Tim was in this one. No, we did the Ron Livingston. We did the music within. That was the one that Tim and I were both. Actually. So that's that, the film that you got I, cut that out. That we of. weren't in. I think so. I don't know. Well, I never saw. Well, it, that so was one of the recent in. ones I've been taken out of. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I have a long list of them long before I arrived in Portland. It's weird because, uh, like, there are many, many movies over the last couple of years where you exist only in a negative space. In other words, you, you know, you know what I mean. Movies that are defined by your filming. Absence. Yeah, but I was, but not even by your absence. I mean, really, by I mean, by that definition, I'm present in all films in a negative space. But where you guys would go and shoot something, and then it's sort of, you know, it gets cut out. But I haven't had this idea before, and I don't know why somebody doesn't do this, where if you are a guy who shows up and they, they shoot you in the film, but then it gets cut out, whether you're an extra or whether you have a small line or something, mm -hmm. they ought to just have some sort of a service where they will sell you just your section of the film. That would be great. Um, you know, for whatever, for like $500 or something, so you can put it on your reel. And but you know it's not on the DVD. It's not like it's not shown in the theater or whatever. But like if you're third man from the left and you have that line like, "Hey, that's my rooster" or whatever. But then that part gets removed from the film before yes, the final work. I know struck, all about that. Then you ought to be able to go buy that sequence of just you stepping out of the drugstore and going, "That's my rooster," and then you put it on your uh, on your reel between two other things. That'd be great. Hey, as a side note, Brad the car guy gets to be in the new Harrison Ford movie. What is the new Harrison Ford movie? Uh, it's filming here, but he gets to, oh. he gets to play his driver because his car service is handling it. Is that the thing? It's Harrison Ford and um, Harrison Ford uh, and somebody else. Somebody else. And I, oh, Brendan Fraser. That's right. Yeah. And so that is, is that shooting here now? Yes. All right. Shooting currently. Excellent. They'll I'm probably just, use the blown up car from uh, Leverage that they already had downtown. They'll do it like Lloyd Kaufman style. There's just going to be the one car they blow up over and over and over again in every <laughs> film. All right. A Cincinnati woman demanding some retribution for an incompetent night in a Chicago area hotel. Uh, Angela Alston had to seek medical treatment because her hotel bed was infested with bed bugs. She originally thought it was just an itchy blanket. She kept scratching and scratching <laughs> Why and scratching. does the blanket move? Then she pulled back the sheet and discovered unwanted insects. Her and her sister slept on chairs. The next day, the hotel sealed off her room and 10 others. <laughs> <laughs> While they were still in there, probably. Once back home in Cincinnati, she saw her doctor who prescribed antibiotics for bug bites. So uh, she wants a hotel to refund her bill. I guess that. That's what you like to see, by the way, after you check out of your room with some guys in the Devo suits showing up like... <laughs> Please step over there. And then just putting just huge tarps over it like uh, D. Wallace at the end of E.T. That's fantastic. That'll make you feel good about things. It's her greatest shame. Elizabeth Edwards tells Oprah what the, uh, the lady who had something to do with her husband, well, she talks about it. And when he walked back, she was standing in front of the hotel and said to him, um, you are so hot, I can't deliver it, because I don't know how you deliver such a line as that. But, you know, you That's are so hot. That's why you strayed, lady. Are the words she wow. said to him. <laughs> 
Yes, if only if only she'd said things like that in a sexier voice, it wouldn't have all gone wrong. The so the caveat to that Oprah interview was that Oprah was not allowed to say what is her name? Ra- Riel Hunter. Riel Hunter. I want to say Raylin, but I think that's a wizard from. It's, uh, it's spelled strangely. It's like from Riley. R I. E-double-L-E. Yeah, so it's Raylan Hunter. So, the, uh, so she, Oprah was not allowed to use the other woman's name. And they, I think, could only have like three mentions of the kid, which is allegedly John's. And at one point, she presses Elizabeth Edwards on it. She goes, well, is do you think the child is John's? And I have the answer. The other woman has a baby. There is great speculation that your husband, John Edwards, is the father of that baby. I've seen a picture of the baby. I have no idea. It doesn't look like my children, but I don't have any idea. Yeah, boy, that's a... Oh, man, that's bad. Well, you know, they live in a massive house. I mean, their house is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably big enough that they now live in separate, separate wings. wings and don't ever have to see each other except when they're go- you know, heading out the foyer at the same the, time. The in-house bowling alley. Exactly. It's like the Brady Bunch style. There's just like the big line down the center. All right, straight ahead, we have more of the Rick Emerson Show, including a pair of Anthony Bourdain tickets inside the next hour. More from Tim Riley and today's top five, the top five songs under two minutes in length. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Here we are just talking about the Green Day song. It's the uh, Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Well, since uh, now everybody else feels out of the loop, I will tell you, here's what we were saying about the new Green Day, which is that uh, we have, or, I mean, they've been leaking, you know, sort of little bits and pieces, and there was that great uh, cover article in Q Magazine that came out, I don't know, a few weeks ago, about 21st Century Breakdown, which is going to be released on May 15th, ladies and gentlemen. That'll be the new uh, Green Day record. That'll be the day it hits the streets, which is a Friday. And I'm actually, at the moment, I'm unclear about whether it's, if it's Friday into Saturday or whether it's Thursday into Friday, I think it's Thursday night at midnight into Friday, okay. um, which is strange because it used to be a traditionally speaking. I am old and wise enough to remember actually standing in line to purchase things. And it was always like a Monday night at midnight because like the Black Album by Metallica or Use Your Illusion or whatever would go on sale, um, you know, and you would just be standing outside the mall with other uh, be trench coated youths. Uh, waiting to buy your anthems of adolescent alienation. And so I, I, I really don't know how that works today. What with the uh, what with the ones and the zeros and the streaming and the iTuning and all. So uh, anyway, it's going to be it's going to be quite something just because just the stuff that they have released sounds and it just sounds very, um, very epic, very bombastic in the in the best sense, because it could have been that record. The 21st century breakdown, it could have gone. I think two different ways. They could have either taken a bit of a sideways step where they did something that was very experimental, where it's just like nothing but like zither music and like Albanian folk anthems or something. Or they could have done, and Sarah and I have talked about this, they could have done the faux stripped down back to our roots. It's like a four-track demo that we made in our garage because it was time to take it back to the streets and really just isolate what Green Day was all about. And then bands like that always, you know, they, they sometimes will recycle all of the same quotations where they'll say things like, you know, um, I feel like uh, you know, after the last record, we really just needed to focus on who we are as a band. And um, we think that, insert name of next record, is it's really like our first record all over again. I mean, really. And I think it's, uh, it's the best thing we've ever done. But Green Day has done, I think, what a lot of people didn't expect, which is they have just gone even further with what they started on, on American Idiot. So um, anyway, it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite something. It will be uh, an event, ladies and gentlemen, in a uh, in an era that doesn't seem to have a lot of event releases. Uh, that record is going to be one. So there you go. That is a Know Your Enemy from Green Day. Coming up within this hour, today's top five. We'll have the top five songs under two minutes in length. We'll also have a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday. Oh, I just received it. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute. It's an interesting story. 
involving... Does it rhyme with Bam Badams? No, it involves a secretary, a boss, and a penis. We'll have details coming up about that. Okay. Do they all walk into a bar together? And does uh, hilarity no, they're ensue? in the backseat of a car and then hilarity ensues. Well, not for the fellow in question. Uh, Paul Abdul finally admits to a 12-year painkiller addiction. Obama and Biden go out to burgers. I am not a monster, the nation's first transplant recipient speaks. With a face transplant lady. Cash-strapped Michigan restaurants or residents. I'm getting like you now. I'm just stumbling over words. Are selling everything from blood to hair. To get by. And yet, I can speak flawlessly. This is like a Freaky Friday thing, and you have to be Jodie Foster. Okay. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. That is all straight ahead right here on Rock 101. K-U-F-O. Broadcasting from the greatest city of... Effing thing sucks! Effing! We'll do it live! Oh, well, all right, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. K-U-F-O. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. Just ahead, we have Tim Riley at the news desk. Also, today's uh, top five. The top five songs under two minutes in length. And before the end of the uh, show today, before the top of the hour, you'll have your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who is going to be in town at the Keller on May 29th, ladies and gentlemen. And at 9 o'clock, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. This is your personal savior at the news desk, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. The Portland Police Bureau says the Oregonian story is wrong about the mayor allegedly having alcohol on his breath when he hit those cars last weekend. Now two witnesses have come forward claiming they got close enough to the mayor to smell his breath and they didn't smell any alcohol. Lots of laughs as Salem Dad admitted he used a shock collar on his kids for fun. Hey, back on the Sam Adams thing uh, for a second. So has there been any... Uh, okay, so if we're gonna if we're gonna buy that there was an alcohol on his breath, which I guess we can give him the benefit of the doubt there, has there been some sort of alternate explanation as to how he would have careened off one? I mean, it was a three car accident. Yes, that was not a fender bender. No, and it, based on the photographs, seemed to have spread across the entire parking lot and actually just just imploded the side to two cars. Basically, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a he was a big accident. Yeah, it was a serious deal. Had another reason. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem like that's the sort of thing where you're not paying close enough attention and you kind of whack into a guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It it seemed like a, that happened at a high rate of speed. And probably, I, I, it seems like you must have had a, a pretty good starting distance to have that kind of an accident. So, mm-hmm. all right. No, it's not being investigated. Uh, time for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for Wednesday. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. This is a news story, and it's from Singapore. A Chinese employer is missing part of his anatomy, and his secretary is highly embarrassed following this accident in a Singapore park. According to Chinese newspapers, the 30-year-old secretary bit off pieces of her boss's penis. Ah! God, pieces? Pieces? Oh, okay. All right. Well, apparently they were engaged in some activity. An an intimate activity. In the rear of the car. Well, she didn't do it purposely. What had happened was, while they were engaged... In this intimate act of love. Another vehicle plowed into the back of their car, wow. forcing her jaws to cut to uh, close. Wow! Wow! On what might have already been in there. Well, that's like shades of Andy Dufresne. Mm-hmm. Oh, good God Almighty! To make matters worse, the woman. To make matters worse, huh? Her, to her make hus- matters, they were both then set on fire and fed into a blender. Her husband had hired a private investigator to follow her along and see if she was having an affair. After uh, he saw what happened, the detective called for an ambulance for the ailing amputee. Okay. 
All right. This, uh, this has been reported in the Chinese newspaper, the Sin Chu Daily. The best part is how even Sarah crossed her legs right there, which oh. is uh, that's sort of a sympathy pieces pain. Pieces of anything is just... Yeah. The word pieces is because bad. pieces. I mean, I. It's just one of those things that'll stick with you for the rest of the day. Yeah. If you think of nothing else. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't look at that lady's face. So I would have to think about that and this. Oh, you never looked at the face no. of the woman with the transplant. Okay, you got to go. I mean, we're looking. We're kind of wrapping things up here. You should. Uh, okay, so before you uh, maximize it, Tim, is this on your blog by chance? Not the yet. face transplant woman. Oh, the face lady's everywhere. She says. I just know, want to say that when somebody has a. That was during a press conference right. at the Cleveland Clinic. All right, so uh, before you uh, look at this photo, Sarah, yes. so this is a, a woman in the, well, I don't know where she lived originally, but this was done at the Cleveland Clinic. But, but keep in mind, she's an early adapter. This is the first transplanted the first face. face. It's like the first uh, iPod. Well, we were just talking, the first to, uh, talking to, uh, to uh, our friend Art here in the studio about his, he has the first iPhone, uh, you know, and he was you know, three years ago or something. And, you know, and with every subsequent generation, those things improve exponentially. But it's like when I bought the very first MP3 player, and it was, you know, it was the size of a dinner plate and didn't work all that well. She is kind of the first out of the gate here in America with the face transplant. So she had a good face, then an awful face, now a somewhat better face. And Sarah, please look at that photograph now. Okay. Images. Now, which, Tim, which photograph is she seeing first? Is oh, she seeing, okay. Which is that? What <gasps> photograph is, is she that looking at? Is that it? Is that it? Okay. Which photograph is she looking at, Tim? She is looking at the second one. Is this the accident? Let me, let me is this is this before is this the, the one transplant? Missing a nose. This is the, the one with. Oh yeah, no. If there's no nose, that's before the transplant. The one where they they painted the lips oh! on her. Oh. Wait, which photograph are you looking at now? Oh. They're all, they're all present. Oh, oh oh. This is theater of the mind. Is that it? So because I can't see it, you have to tell me what you're looking okay, at. Okay, I saw the one where she her face looks like it's cut in half. Uh, but and her she mouth has is no drawn. nose. Yeah, no. And, is that where she's like, like she's wearing the Mr. Potato head? So lips? I think this is the. If she sans nose, that's after the accident before the transplant. Okay, and so this is. This is now. Oh. Okay. So this is her after the face uh, transplant. Well, it looks better I mean, than it did. Now she looks like a lady at an unemployment agency. <laughs> yes, she does. Oh uh, yes, yes. I'm sorry if you'll just have a seat. We'll call your number as soon where as you're ready. Where do you think ready. you're going to be in five years? We'll call you. <laughs> Here's your top five. Please type as quickly as you can. Others are waiting to use the terminal, sir. Please don't dally. Wow. Sarah, which would you say was more off-putting, that or the Venus story we just had? Be honest. I'd say that first picture. Oh, if this that is was, after the accident? It wasn't as bad small, and then it's like, uh, click here to make image larger. Would you like to see the high-resolution version of this wow. photograph that will fill your screen and your dreams? Because it's almost cartoon-like when it's so small. Because it looks like a marshmallow with like a cut in the front of it. Yes, it does. Doesn't it look like they just sort of inadvertently removed part of her face with Photoshop? Well, no, because she doesn't have a nose. It's just like where a nose and her cheeks where it's just a giant line. She doesn't breathing, have a nose. A breathing hole. It's there like weren't the even with, holes. Did you see? There weren't even holes there. Like a breathing. Uh, there, there had to be something there. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been able to close her mouth. And it looks like she didn't have a mouth either. It's a breathing fold. How would she breathe through her ears? It's like that man without too? a face movie. Was just the uh, yeah. She yeah. She was breathing out of her ears like a grasshopper. I'm sorry. You know we're asking Dude, for bad things to happen I'm to us. We are generating such terrible karma. I did, I did know karma. that a grasshopper could breathe out of its ears. Yes, and their ears are on their knees, Tim. What? It's true. That's a scientific fact. All right, fine. Here's your top five. Uh, music is a fluid thing. Songs of all varieties, styles, and lengths can make an impact, leaving a lasting legacy despite their brevity. These are the top five songs under two minutes in length. The box tops with the letter. This is uh, one minute, 51 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. 
the fantastic song. Oh, I love this song. It's a great song. And of course, you know, this guy in the vocals here, Chilton, he's 14 years old when he sings this, which is astounding. I mean, he already sounds like he's about 80 years old on this. He's like that kid. He's like that Andrew Strong guy from the uh, the Commitments, who I think was either 15 or 16 when they that shot that amazing. movie. I mean, that movie's been out forever now, and he's still. I think he's only. I don't know. He's maybe like 32, something like that. And this was kind of a bubblegum song. I mean, it sounds very sort of bluesy and kind of authentic. But this was, I think, produced by Mickey Most. Who uh, did a lot of these kind of prefabricated bubblegummy songs of the era? But I'm almost positive that Alex Childen is like 14, 15 on this track, and it was kind of a pre-assembled thing. But boy, just a a great song. And as Lester Bangs uh, famously noted in the in the film, uh, almost famous, he says, "The letter, one minute fifty-one seconds, it means nothing, but it accomplishes what it takes Jethro Tull hours to not accomplish." It is the Rick Emerson Show. These are the top five songs under two minutes in length. I'm still thinking about the grasshopper that breathes through its knees. Which is really strange. Number four are the Rolling Stones and not Fade Away. Just leave you alone with your thoughts if you'd like. One minute, 44 seconds. I think this is actually the shortest one on the list. I think there's a guy playing a washboard in the background. I've never heard that before. Like Mick Jagger's Jug Band Orchestra. It's a great version of this on the uh, 1996 album Stripped, by the way. That was recorded, I think, in uh, like Denmark or someplace. Den, 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 den. Really, Bo Diddley should have trademarked this beat. Guy would have been a jillionaire. These are the top five songs under two minutes in length. Tim Riley. Number three, The Clash in White Riot. is one minute 56 seconds and one of those songs like Clampdown or something that you always sort of hear you always hear reference and people are sort of trying to conjure up uh, the, the tone and tenor of, uh, of Britain at that time in history These are the top five songs under two minutes in length. Tim Riley, what is number two? Number two, Queen, We Will Rock You. Which, by the way, there appears to be some sort of an edict uh, that was sent out to every radio station on the planet many years ago, saying that you were compelled to play this and We Are the Champions back-to-back for no readily apparent reason, just like Heartbreaker and Livin' Lovin' Made. No real reason, just because. It's a great song, and a song that it's it's difficult to hear now, you know, as, as separate from all the trappings and cultural detritus that is attached to it over the years. But really, when heard on its own terms, just an astounding recording, and presaged a lot of rock that came later in that decade with these, the gang vocals and stripping it down to just the chorus and the drum beat. These are the top five songs under two minutes in length. Tim Riley. Number one, The Beatles, Norwegian Wood. One minute, 59 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of my favorite songs. And uh, incidentally, the first pop song to feature a sitar uh, on it as a recording. There you go. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley at the news desk and your chance to win Anthony Bourdain tickets. Don't go anywhere. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
one-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. Yes, I am winded from having to run 15 feet down the hallway and back again. <laughs> how you doing there, champ? I'm an American fattest. And that's, <laughs> that's how I am today. All right. Don't forget, Anthony Bourdain is going to be in town. He's going to be here May 29th. Tickets on sale now. He will be at the Keller Auditorium. And it went on a second. Keller. I barely knew her. All right. Uh, before we uh, commence today's Anthony Bourdain giveaway, don't call now because it will require some knowledge on your part. I should take a moment to note that if you have tickets for tonight's Brett Michaels show, it is actually still happening. It's going to be happening August 2nd. So that show has been postponed. If you have or won or obtained tickets uh, for tonight's Brett Michaels show, I say trying to cover up the fact that I still have no breath in my lungs. Uh, that is happening August 2nd, ladies and gentlemen. That was only like eight feet. I, yes, yes, I know, Tim. All right, it's because I'm spongy and pear-shaped. I mean, that really is the, uh, that's the explanation. I wish it was something more flowery, but it ain't. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can be caller 10 right now and successfully identify the Portland restaurant that Anthony Bourdain is discussing in this soundbite, you know, this is from the Pacific Northwest episode of No Reservations, where he is taken around the city by, among others, Chuck Polinick. If you can identify the Portland restaurant he is identifying in this soundbite, and be caller 10 uh, and do so, it's 503-228-4101. You will win a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain when he comes to town May 29th. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Anthony Bourdain. Welcome to Portland's... In a community that is already a showcase for artisanal food, this place demonstrates a particularly ferocious dedication to getting it right. And this man, owner Brian Spangler, is the reason why. Hey, how you doing? Really good. Everybody told me this is the place to go for pizza. Here we got. Well, not exactly. In some circles, he's known as the pizza Nazi. In Brian's way of thinking, there are rules to the proper preparation and enjoyment of pizza. All right, if you can name the Portland restaurant he is discussing in that clip and be caller 10, it's 503-228-4101. You want a pair of passes to see uh, Anthony Bourdain when he comes to the town at the uh, Keller on May 29th. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Lots of laughs in Salem. Dad admitted he used a shock collar on his young kids for fun. They chased him around the house and shocked him. Maybe we should sterilize him for fun. You know, I mean, just, you know, for for a goof. Yeah. Paulin Place Bureau says the Oregonian story is wrong about the mayor allegedly having alcohol in his breath when he hit those cars over the weekend, pushing them across the parking lot in that, that mysterious fender bender where he couldn't keep his feet off the gas. So my thing is, as we were saying before, either he was he either had alcohol in his breath or he did not. If he did right. not, if he wasn't drinking then it seems even more likely that the police ought to, in my opinion, ought to have ticketed him because it's a moving violation and a moving violation involving not one but two other cars. Mm. It's not like I'm all trying to get Sam Adams in more trouble, but it does seem a he little... He doesn't need you. I know. No, he doesn't, Tim. Um, but it does seem a little suspicious. I mean, so the... now it's two against two. Two say he did, two say he didn't. Yeah, but, but I mean, the inescapable... We need the tiebreaking vote. But the inescapable fact is that he plowed into two other vehicles... And then apparently was just taken home by the cops and there was no citation issue, which is just suspicious. I'm not even like I'm angry about it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying it's a little odd because the one time that I hit a car, the cops were there immediately. And the first thing they did was like take out the book and pop, 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 and they filled out the ticket and handed it to me. Me too. So I know. I'm just, uh, as Paul Reiser would say, I'm not saying anything improper happened. I'm just saying. Here's Tim Riley. So remember that Popeye's that chicken stand we went to on Earth Day and they didn't have the special and people were angry? I was outraged, Tim. Well, they went back and they said they'd never come back. Well, they did come back. And this time when they did come back, Popeye's ran out of chicken. People have kids and they're trying to feed for the special. And you mean to tell me that we can't feed our kids because y'all didn't order enough 
chicken. Y'all knew y'all was having this special almost two months ago. And that's wrong. No chicken? It's very disappointing. I wanted some chicken today. This is ridiculous. They should have had a stockpile of chicken for this day. They should have had a tractor tail out back with extra chicken on ice. I vote yes. I was trying to feed my family tonight. Can't get that bucket in now. More disappointed than angry. You know, we've been looking forward to this day. They advertise it on, on national TV. How you going to run out of chicken? I'm never coming back now. I'm serious. I'm done. You know, really, in addition to having a plan for escaping a house fire and perhaps some uh, fresh water stored in your basement in case of a nuclear apocalypse, you should also have a stockpile of chicken nearby at all times. If we can draw one piece of wisdom from this news story, it is that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, today is the National Day to Prevent Teen Pregnancy Day, and the poster girl for this this year is Bristol Palin, who went on the Today Show today to talk to the gals. I'm just out here just trying to tell teens that this is hard work. This is a real job. It's a 24-hour-a-day job. It's it's not like an accessory on your hip. It's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Uh, even though abstinence is the best way to do so, she's not against advocating safe sex. Well, definitely, if you're going to have sex, I think you should have safe sex. And regardless of what I did or anything like that, I think that abstinence is the only 100% foolproof way of preventing teen pregnancy. Now, how old is she at this point? Is she an adult? She's like 17, I think. I, see, I don't even really know. I'm just, I guess my thing is I'm wondering if she's out there doing this kind of of her own volition or if her mom is kind of, you know, you know, get back out there and just shoving her into the, in the spotlight to try to... In other words, if she's being used as some sort of uh, political placeholder for her mom to kind of keep that door open for this presumed 2012 run, which A, will not happen, B, would be a spectacular fail, like of Gaussian proportions, were it to happen. I think it would be very amusing. Oh, no, d- d- look, don't get me wrong. I mean, just look, as, as a guy who just sits here and just uh, bumps his gums uh, every day, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, she could, uh, you could just get her and uh, you just get her and Hillary in a big face-off in 2012, and it'd be the best year of my life. It's not going to happen because at some point between now and like 2010, someone is going to pull her into a room. They're going to shut the door and they're going to shine the light in her face, Jack Bauer style. And they're just going to say it's going to be like when uh, Ned Beatty talks to Howard Beale and he just says, this is a bad idea, Sarah Palin, and I will not have it. And then she's going to be sent back to, uh, you know, to Bumpville or wherever it is that she's from, and she's going to have to spend the, the rest of her time there. So, But in the meantime, she's shoving her daughter out there because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know that she's making family. her do that. Well, especially because in the Inquirer tell us that when the kid got knocked up, when Bristol Palin... She threw her out. She, yeah. threw, she made her live. It's like in the olden days when Susie would get into trouble and have to go uh, live with the grandmother. Yeah, spend the summer with the grandparents. Which is kind of like when your dog goes away to live and run and play with other dogs far, far away where you can never see On him. On a farm. Go uh, live with a weed whacker. That's... Or, or that, sure. Here's Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. So Michiganers have found new and interesting ways to make ends meet. And they don't need Michael Moore this time. They are selling their hair online. That's your mate. Mm-hmm. Go to thehairtrader.com right now. We have nothing to do. And even if you do, take a little break and find people are trading their hair. Uh, so this is kind of uh, like a new monetary system. It's created by a gal named Jocelyn Elise, who encouraged uh, her friend, a single mother, to sell her hair three years ago to help with finances. Well, it worked. The site has now a 40% increase and probably more today because it's on the program. In the past six months, the number of people, more than 100, many from Metro Detroit, just like her, have sold their unwanted hair. Who has unwanted? Well, okay, I guess if you're getting it cut off, it's unwanted. Sarah, you should go online on Craigslist and see if you can uh, get some goods or services with your hair. You know, not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe a foot rub or something. You know what I mean? 
How much hair could I expect to pay for this uh, for this? Maybe massage? I can get some hair from HairTrader.com and then use that hair. What is it going to take to put you in this hair today, ladies and gentlemen? Please tell me right now. How much are you prepared to spend? So ponytails are, are going quick there, and a lot of people like them, especially imported ponytails. Was there ever a child's uh, cartoon in the 80s called Ponytails? There used to be a comic called mm-hmm. Ponytail, and I ran across it reading those old newspapers you gave me. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that seems like a missed marketing opportunity. Well, like all good ideas, it was gotten to before me. Except for the uh, It was sandwich. a one-frame cartoon. Except for the sink into mayo sandwich, which is still mine. That's pure Rick the right what? there. Um, don't worry about it. It's... <laughs> It's uh, just, it's a trifle. It's incidental. All right. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Amanda Moyer and Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, your personal savior, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, the webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. And coming up next, it just smells like the 90s. With our good friend, Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being out there. It is Wednesday, May 6th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. As always, see you tomorrow. Be safe. Bye.